Hi, everybody. My name is Joyce Lee. I'm the Chief Culture Officer here at Alorica, Inc. Hi, my name is Colleen Beers, and I'm the Chief Administrative Officer here at Alorica. I'm Catherine Speglia, and this is Well Technically, the tech podcast where women do the explaining. This is an exciting episode. I have two guests with me today. So thank you, Joyce and Colleen, for being here. I am really excited to speak to both of you about what you both do at your at your company and your respective roles and how you're contributing to diversity in the workforce, something obviously very important to me and I know important for a lot of business uh, operations in these days. So let's start with Joyce. What is an example of a time in which being a woman has empowered you? Well, uh, one, I think, and you'll still learn this because I hope this is okay to say, being an expectant mother, um, I think being a mom has been a huge role that has really empowered me because, you know, I have two boys, one is 18 and one is 14 now, but I, I, you know, I take huge responsibility of the fact that you're raising men who are coming into this world and you're shaping their views of women you know, how to treat women, how to engage with women. Um, and and that's something that sets the standard for how their interaction with women going forward in this world um, is going to be. So I think that's a huge responsibility and hugely empowering. You know, being an expectant mother, I go back and forth about if I want a boy or a girl. And obviously I'll be fine with either, but it's like, which, you know, it's like, which of those is more empowering to have? It's like to raise a strong, empowered woman or to raise a man who knows how to, you know, treat women and be respectful. So I appreciate your perspective on that. Well, and then I think you should take it over to Colleen. I have six children. I have three boys and three girls. And I agree with Joyce. Um, raising males today to one, be a contributing citizen or any child to be a contributing citizen, but how to treat women and how to um, think about equality is great. Raising women who are way empowered these days, way more than I ever was, and who speak back and back to you. Very challenging, (laughs) very opinionated. Uh, Sometimes that's uh, that's interesting. The good news is they're way better off. But I think the most recent time where I felt most empowered was in 2020 with Alorica, honestly. And um, it just shares a little bit about who we are in our culture. But with all the unrest going on, we were moving people to a remote environment. COVID was going on. The news was everywhere. I happened to be the leader of North America at the time. I was the president of Ops. And I remember having conversations with Joyce and Sunny Yu, who's responsible for communication. And we were huddling and we said, how do we address this? And, you know, how do how do we be, how are we going to be there for our employees? And we kept watching these corporate organizations come out with, you know, large statements and big donations. And we were behind the scenes saying, how do you even know if that's what your employees want? Like, is, is that what you do? What do you say? Do you make a statement? 
And, and there was, you know, a back and forth. Don't make a statement, make a statement. I was sitting at home. I have an African American husband who happens to be a police officer. We have biracial children, six of them, um, an older set and a younger set, the older set, um, you know, with different views than the younger set. And I'm watching my children interact with all these different point of views. We're remote. We're stuck with each other, <laughs> you know, you're, and so you're stuck with all the opinions. You're stuck with the news. And for the first time ever, I was just listening and I realized how I felt and how I felt was I felt alone. I felt unsure. I felt not confident. I'm a very confident woman. I have very strong opinions and always, always felt empowered. I think my whole life and just always felt like, Hey, I can go do these things. And, and so I came back to Joyce and, and Sunny, I said, I don't know what to do, but I think what to do is to share how I feel. And, and, and that started something really great at our organization because we were honest we said, we don't know how to address this for all of you. Because remember, you know, you don't want to pick a side and you want to be there for everybody. And so I just shared my feelings and said, here's what I'm going through. Here's my very intimate feelings of what I'm trying to do for my family. And I had various sides and um, that created such a flurry of emotion in the North America environment and frankly across the world. And it led us to um, really a way to communicate with our employees. So our employees opened up and said, this is how we feel and this is how we want you to be there for us. And it led to hosting a panel where we just had real talk. And that's really what came out of this conversation that we had in this communication. They said, just be there for us, just listen. And we started real talk conversations all across the globe for all of our employees where we could come together, we could share these experiences, we could be there for one another and support each other. And real talk has really become the core of how we support each other, how we listen, how we hear each other's sides, how we disagree respectfully, um, and have real conversations. I also think that example or that story really points to a shift that's happened in the workplace that has benefited women and people of color. A lot of this from COVID, but a lot of this, like you said, from other things going on in the news, which is, you know, you had this at home, you had this situation where you had all these people and all these opinions, but you're home so you can speak more freely about how you feel. And in the workplace, you're not supposed to do that. That was how it used to be. I think that's changing because of everything going on. And I, I think that is positive. Obviously, when, it, like you said, it can be done respectfully, but these things really matter. And people do bring this to work. We like to pretend people don't, but women are bringing their families to work because they can't help it. People of color are bringing the ways in which they are struggling in society to work. And it's like, you can't just ask them to pretend they're not because you don't want to have to figure out how to deal with it yourself. So I do think that that is empowering all sorts of people in the workplace for the first time. 
you started talking about the company, but I did want to ask you both just a little bit briefly to explain your roles there so we can understand how the two of you work together. So Joyce, what is it that you do at Alorca? Well, that's what's really interesting. People are like, what What the heck is a chief culture officer? Like, what do they do? And, you know, talking about, you know, following what Colleen just said, I, I think it is helping people be their authentic self and creating the environment so that people will feel that they're welcome and they're engaged. You know, when people talk about, well, what is culture? And I always tell people, well, culture is a feeling. You know, it's that feeling that you have when you're there at somewhere, right? And, I, you know, you'll never remember everything that you did on a daily basis, maybe some of the projects, maybe even some of the people that you interact with, but you will always remember the feeling that you had when you were working there. And so my job, I feel like, is to create that positive, engaging, welcoming, you know, I know this is used a lot, but that feeling that you're with family when you're at Alorca. Great. Colleen, what about you? Having responsibility for the employee journey. So having responsibility for human resources, global learning, frontline training, frontline recruiting, um, and then um, comp and ban. I, I really have a job to bring to life the programs that support what Joyce wants. So I have to, I you know, Joyce describes the feeling. So how do I bring those activities, the tools, the technology, you know, the full inclusive process to bear? And, and how do we ensure that the employees are along, along the ride and feel like they have a voice in that? And then just, you know, challenging ourselves always looking at those different journey points and those different milestones for employees to make sure that they have that feeling um, along the way at all those different points. And uh, it's a big job, it's tough um, and it's never done. And so I think, you know, but we work very well together because we both have that philosophy of we want people to be their true self and we want them to feel supported and connected. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A lot of really good points in there. Yeah. And, and to, to, in further of that, like Colleen and I really work in tandem. Yeah. Colleen really does all the really hard stuff, but um, on the other side, from a charity perspective, we also have MLBA, which I, I run. And um, what that is, is to help people in crisis situations and many, many of our employees and their relatives and, and their friends and neighbors and, and their communities um, sometimes have nowhere to turn to, you know, when sudden things happen, like a sudden health issue or a fire, a flood. Uh, unfortunately, we get, we get a lot of requests for assistance with funerals as well. And we're that quote unquote bandage to help them through those crisis situations. So it doesn't, you know, project a, a, a family into um, poverty. You know, we've helped a lot of families actually stop sleeping in their cars and be able to f help afford their first down payment on an apartment. So it's really working in tandem to make sure not only are they okay from a, a work perspective, but also from a personal crisis perspective, how we're supporting them on that end as well. What are some of the biggest reasons that women leave either a company or the workforce entirely? And I know you you mentioned 
uh, families in crisis. And I know that is definitely one of those things that can lead to someone leaving a company. But what are the other reasons and what are some of the practices, like specific practices, if you can think of them, that can kind of prevent this from happening or that need to change in the workforce to prevent this from happening? Like you mentioned, probably one of the biggest reasons people left, especially during COVID, was the childcare and um, providing for, you know, their family life at home, which was really, really important when you couldn't go for outside help. Um, You know, I think also one of the reasons people or women especially leave is they don't feel supported in in various ways, whether it's uh, from a leadership perspective, um, from a, a, a work development and professional development perspective. And I think, you know, Colleen can speak more to this in the specific things that we have in place at Aurora to support this. But again, when you look at our organization, um, people forget that we are actually majority women um, a lot of our roles, especially in certain countries, <clears throat> I think one of them, like Jamaica, is ninety-eight percent women in in that area, and um, and having that support and those role models like Colleen in these leadership roles is is so important. And I think one of the things that we do pretty well is highlight our women leaders. You know, we share their successes, we promote their successes. And if you look at social media, like we made International Women's Day and International Women's Month, <laughs> right? And and we have lots of forms for women to tell their stories and be mentors and, and be examples and role models um, from little snippets to sharing their entire stories. And it's so nice that every time I think Colleen, you and I do something, well, we get a ton of feedback you know, saying, hey, we went through this situation. We have, um, we're very familiar with this that just happened and, you know, come to us more. I think having that open door and being accessible to people is really, really important. And um, I'm pretty sure our female leaders are very open and welcome to that and, and, and really take people under the wing and share whatever advice. And we do it also with our clients as well. You know, we have a women's leadership series that we highlight and feature many of our client leaders as well. So it's nice to have that uh, outside perspective. And and what you find is there's so many similarities of our journeys of, of just being women and women leaders and working women. It's the programs that we've brought to bear but it's all started with grassroots. Um, And I think about my career, uh, I started out on the phones and I have 30 years in this industry. I had no vision ever of being in customer care call center or (laughs) VPO. It was absolutely about a nursing career. And I had people along the way who heard me whether it was an agent focus group that I was in or a leadership program and a mentor um, or meeting, you know, Andy and Joyce deciding to come to Alorica. You know, I don't, I remember, I always tell people it was a three hour interview. I've never been on a three hour interview. It was somebody listening to me, like listening to my thoughts, my ideas, my concept. Maybe they didn't agree with all of them, but 
So I've brought that here. And I think, you know, when I think about what I've done along the way is I've listened to our employees. Um, so I think the first thing is just being there and, and how you show up. You have to lead by example. And so listening to our employees and hearing, hey, we need real talk or, hey, we need um, diversity groups or, hey, we would like to understand how we promote from within. And you have to understand that our our organization is very diverse. This industry is very diverse by nature. Um, naturally, outsourcing um, as an organization is is one way of impact sourcing for a lot of people. And, you know, we are in locations where we are providing a, a career for somebody. We're providing jobs and stability for people. So whether that's a, a secondary or tertiary, you know, city in the United States, or if it's offshore um, and globally, you know, we, we're all over the world. That's core to what we do. And then in addition to that, it's how are we helping that individual? So I really believe it's bringing the programs to life where people feel like they, A, can help themselves, B, can help their family, be independent, but also contribute. A big part of what people want is to be able to give back or be able to feel like they're making a difference. And I think um, a lot of times corporate organizations like to dictate top down and I think a lot of times they feel the pressures of the news, of the community, of the unrest, and staying core to what is it that the people need to feel supported? What is it that the people need to feel like they're contributing and they're a part of something is what makes us special and is what we do. And that's how I lead. And I think I, I've just stayed true to that. So I think be authentic, be your authentic you, bring the real you, uh, bring the real conversation. Don't be afraid to hit the issues on head first. Don't be afraid to make mistakes, own your mistakes. And I think that kind of leadership, which is just very candid and just authentic is critical. And I think that's the most important thing. Thank you both so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. It's been great. 